Welcome to the Dividend Cafe, financial food for thought. Hello and welcome to today's COVID and Markets, brought to you by the Dividend Cafe of the Bonson Group. This is David Bonson. I'm the Chief Investment Officer here, and I'm giving you, hopefully in about just 10 minutes or less, our daily missive on all things markets. We do close the month of April today, and so even though it's only Thursday and May 1st will be a Friday, we do have a closing, so to speak, today. Uh, which represents the closing of the month, and the month being the best month in 33 years from a percentage basis in both the Dow and the S&P 500, the Dow being up 11.1% for the month of April and the S&P being up 12.7%. Now, in terms of saying that something was the best month since January 1987, uh, the 33-year 33, the 33 uh, factoid is accurate. Now, of course, coming off of the month of March in the first quarter, really the kind of six weeks that ended the first quarter uh, from the middle of February through the end of March, the, the recovery percentages can be a little deceiving. But uh, math is math, and it's very much worth sharing. And as we sit here, the Dow is down about 15% and the S&P about 10% on the year. Both numbers that don't seem, uh, you know, to suggest the same level of just extreme fear and paranoia and and panic and and extreme conditions, unprecedented conditions that we experienced in the month of March. And so obviously there is, even if not yet reflected economically, and even as we still continue to climb out of the health pandemic itself, from a markets standpoint, um, really almost a different universe from where things were a month ago, and and we shall see where things are going to be in another month. Um, But on the day-to-day, the Dow was down 280 points. It had been up uh, um, quite a bit on the week and did not give anywhere near all that back, but a little bit given back today. Uh, Largely, by the way, around uh, the European Central Bank maybe having been expected to do a bit more. Um, I can't find another reason to really rationalize it other than the fact that markets do not need a reason to rationalize a a modest drop. The fact of the matter is that it was not earnings season related. The big high profile companies that announced earnings results last night and this morning actually were up today for the most part. There were really kind of positive results from some of these bigger companies. So the news really seems to me to be Uh, very coincident with the ECB's announcement, and they did say they stand ready to potentially add to their bond buying facility, but they didn't uh, add to it. They they had last month announced an emergency 750 billion euro, uh, let's call it quantitative easing program, because that's what it is. It's what we call it here in the States. And I suppose it's possible that there are some market actors hoping for maybe a little more juice out of that. And so whether it's the interest rate side of things or the bond buying, the, the ECB certainly being very, very aggressive, but maybe there were some market actors that wanted them to be very, 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 very aggressive. Um, with that said, on the technical standpoint for the market, the 400 basis points of outperformance coming into today, just three calendar days, this week with the even weighted S&P 500 versus the normal market cap weighted is the most in history and it's really a big deal. It speaks to that reversion trade and it speaks to the disconnect right now between what we would call a market measuring by the index and the stocks in the market. 
And the reason why it's so important is that there is two different narratives. One is there's still a lot of disconnected, dislocated opportunities out there of underpriced securities when the average stock in the market is still somewhere around 25% off its highs. The other is the market itself looking at the cap weighted uh, measurement of the market saying it's only down 10%. So um, both things are true, but you can draw your own conclusions that mean reversion trade does speak to the possibility of there being significant opportunity in active management. Uh, in terms of the breadth yesterday, uh, seven to one advanced decline ratio. Uh, again, another uh, sign of acceleration, a lot of forward momentum, uh, providing technicians reasonable confidence in the health of this market rally. 50% uh, of the stocks in the S&P 500 reached a 20-day high yesterday and a remarkable 62% of the small cap stocks, the Russell 2000 names, were at a 20-day high. So you just have a, a real historically bullish marker in that type of broad-based momentum. The short interest in the S&P remains over 25% of the total float of SPY, the major uh, index ETF. Um, th this does not mean the index is gonna go up, it just simply means that one of the theories that, oh, all the shorts have had to cover, that explains why the market's gone up, is not true. There remains multi-multi-year record highs of short interest at this time, giving a possible uh, future forced buyer in short covering should we get to that situation. Um, let's move to the health front. I, I do think that the case growth was frustratingly slow this week as far as the decline of case growth, excuse me. Um, we did see cases decline, but uh, to see them decline uh, at a higher rate would be nice. I, I have, I think it's three different analysts now this morning, totally independent of one another, that had said, okay, we're probably gonna kind of stay flat here as case growth continues to drop, and then next week really see it totally collapse. Um, now, I, I think one or two of those analysts were forecasting the same thing for this week, so who knows? But, um, you know, the data that I think uh, sticks out is just the continually really, really uh, improving figures in New York City around hospitalizations, deaths, new cases, all collapsing precipitously. Um, obviously, most of the European data being incredibly positive. Uh, and then the new testing data. It looks like today we tested over 206,000, yesterday 230,000. So, you know, you're talking about a 35% increase uh, week over week, but getting to that, you know, 300,000 a day level, um, it, it, I don't know if we need to be there or not. I do know that some have said 3 million a week and we're nowhere near there. So we'll, we'll see. Um, let's see here. I don't want to pour any water on the excitement around remdesivir, the treatment from Gilead Sciences. It's getting a lot of attention. Certainly seems to be the most promising therapeutic in the marketplace right now. And both Dr. Fauci himself and Dr. Gottlieb uh, yesterday speaking to the idea of FDA acceleration behind the reality that it, it served as a blocker of the virus. Nothing else has done that to this date. Now, there's, there's catches. Um, it's an intravenous treatment. It's not an oral pill. It requires medical supervision. It's anywhere from five to 10 days. You're laying in a hospital bed. It's more serious for more serious cases. So it isn't like a convenient, you know, popping a, a Tylenol from home uh, solution, yet it's showing signs of saving lives. It's showing signs of decreasing hospitalization and uh, utilization of resources 
uh, whether it be respirators, personnel, hospital space, etc. So it's it's a, a really exciting possibility that we just have to watch play out. Um, I, on the societal side, on the health issue, I did notice today some press coverage of various NBA executives and agents, none of which were named, pushing for the league to cancel the remainder of the season altogether. I think a lot of people are looking to NBA, then Major League Baseball, then NFL for sort of symbolic indications of societal normalcy. And no one spoke on the record on this thing. The league itself seem ang- does seem anxious to try and salvage some of the season or the playoffs because there has not been communication otherwise. But, but again, um, at this point, it's still speculation. On the public policy front, not a lot of big news today. The second round of PVP continues to be in hot demand and a lot of funds going out there. But I think um, building the different sides on this eventual stimulus 4.0 bill that I believe will be coming, I'm rather convinced that you're going to see the line in the sand for Republicans be liability protection for businesses and the line in the sand be state support, support directly to the uh, you know, distressed states will be the Democrats' line. And I think um, that both sides will very likely end up getting what they want. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, interesting story I, I included in COVID markets about uh, POTUS pressuring Saudi to cut oil production a few weeks back before the OPEC plus deal and using leverage of U.S. military support of the region as a factor, something that you know I've been writing about and certainly believed should happen and would happen. Uh, I don't think that he got as good of a deal as he probably could have gotten for the cards we're holding, so that leads me to believe there's still possibility of more leverage coming. Uh, the job was claims uh, down three point uh, up, excuse me, three point four million on the week, uh, excuse me, three point eight million. Um, it was brutal, but uh, obviously we're going down week by week, which is a good thing. But um, new people making a claim of unemployment uh, were, were over the last, I think, six weeks now, we've passed 30 million. So uh, really difficult time out there and, and looking forward to seeing that really drastically improve when we get the economy back open. So um, I'm not going to do a COVID markets podcast tomorrow, Friday, because we'll be doing our weekly Dividend Cafe podcast. So there'll be about a 30-minute recap of the entire week and a lot more material, uh, broader macroeconomic overview, um, really kind of, you know, bigger picture things we want investors to think about. So in the meantime, if you do have more detailed questions on COVID and markets, please reach out to us at COVID at thebonsongroup.com. That's COVID at thebonsongroup.com. And Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to COVID Markets. Thank you for listening to the Dividend Cafe, financial food for thought. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor of the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced here will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced here may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinion, news, research, analysis, prices, or 
or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower should not be in any way liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions for the obtained data and information reference herein. The data and information are provided as of the date reference. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.